0: And I think tomorrow is a, a bit of petrol bombing, so so we've got to just run run through fire apparently. So that's my my Friday morning. So that that'll be fun. Um, whilst the team are jetting off.
1: Welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm Jake Perry
2: and I'm Rosie Ryan
1: and it's so good to have reached an episode that marks something we've both been waiting for for a long long time Rosie the Scottish cricket season has officially begun
2: yes it has and it's great to get some cricket finally and seeing all the leaks get started and I'm sure there'll be a few cobwebs on some cricket bags that people are more than happy to dust off at the moment. A little later we'll be also joined by Gary Heatley for the first of our league roundups which is very exciting and we'll have a little look back on the scotland netherlands ODIs which were played in the middle of last week too.
1: And we'll have also seen the first two games of Scotland's four-match T20i series against Ireland women in Belfast. It will have been 624 days since Scotland last played an international. And to look ahead, we're delighted that two of the squad are able to join us today. Samantha Hago and Lorna Jack, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi. Hello. It's beyond... It's great to have you both join us here today and I hear you have both been waiting for this moment for a wee while now and we are delighted to welcome you both. We're recording this on Thursday and you fly out to Belfast tomorrow so the first question has to be after so long without international cricket how are you both feeling?
3: Yeah very excited sort of pinch yourself moment even before the pandemic it wasn't like we had a huge amount of international cricket so it's even more special now, and I think we're just going to go out and really embrace it and and enjoy the opportunity to take the the stage with our with our teammates again.
0: Yeah, I think there's a you know there's been a few trips kind of pending and then not managed obviously due to COVID, which could be a bit disappointing. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting over to Northern Ireland and seeing the Irish girls again. Although I don't think I know half of them. Um, so that's going to be an experience, but yeah, it'll be good to dust off the pads and the mat and, and get back out there.
1: Well, Jacko, we know Ireland the success they've had in the past, the excellent players they have now, likes of Laura Delaney, Gabby Lewis. What sort of challenge are you expecting over there?
0: Um, as you say, you know we know those girls reasonably well um, and what they do, um, but there's a lot of new names on that team sheet that we don't know much about. So I think that, that's going to be a challenge in itself, working out what, what they're about. Um, we've also got new players to bring on and they, they don't know them either so that'll be a good battle, I think. But in terms of challenges for our own challenges, it's just about going out and everything we've practised for the past I don't know how long it's been, six months from where, where we've been in the nets and zero cricket before that. But I think the, the way we play has changed. Um, Mark's been a a positive influence on the girls as well. I think he's he's really changed the, the kind of not negative vibe in the team, but yeah, he's he's been a positive influence on on the girls and making us play cricket the way we want to play cricket um and really backing that and going going for that which I think's helpful. And I think if we just be that one percent better, like he's asking us each time. We've had a couple of wins at the weekend there and the weekend before that. Um, I wasn't at the weekend there, but here, you know, the fielding was, was top class and stuff. And if we can continue like that, then, yeah, we'll, we'll be a, a good uh, challenge.
1: Yeah. And, and as you say, I mean, we're taking a very strong side to meet them from our perspective. Um, we spoke to Ikra Farouk and, and Elsa Lister recently, who are both in with a good shot of winning their first international caps. But Sam, a huge amount of experience in that squad to draw on too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got a really good balance at the moment because we have a good number of um, experienced heads in the team. Also young girls coming up and playing a sort of fearless brand of cricket um, because that's what they've kind of learned from the get-go. I um, was chatting to Abby about this at training the other night and we're kind of practising shots now that we're just learning and we feel a bit silly because some of the 16-year-olds have it nailed already. But when we were growing up, we just didn't do those shots? You practice the forward defence and maybe the cover drive. You weren't practising, you know, ramping it behind your head and things. So we're all learning from each other, which is actually it's really exciting. And um, yeah, I think I think the balance is good leading into the, the series. We're we're feeling really good about it.
1: And you mentioned Abby, Abby Aitken Drummond, uh, and of course, there's a chance for her to equal and uh, perhaps break Kerry Carswell's Scottish caps record on this trip as well.
3: Oh wow! I didn't know that. Um, fair play to Abby. She's she's been plagued by a, a bad back for for the past six months at least. She's been trying hard to kind of get back into it. So it would be amazing if she could she could do that in this series because she's it's been a hard time for her, you know, being on the sideline and not being able to train as much as she can. But um, it's funny because she's worked so much in her batting. So previously, Abby Abby was always like the opening bowler. And because she's not been able to do that because of her back, she's really been working on her batting. And she actually opened the batting last weekend. And and she, you know what? She can hit a long ball. So I did say to her, you know, like this is just the start for this part of your career. Now you could literally reinvent yourself as a batter. I'm sure she'll want the ball when she's back. So yeah, So that's cool. That's good
2: to know. That's really exciting as well, Sam. What 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 you're saying there, and I guess kind of players looking at the game a little bit differently. And 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 Lorna, you kind of touched a bit on on Mark Coles and how he's been within the setup and we've spoken to him on a previous episode but I guess just tell us a little bit more about how how it's been working with him and what he's like um as a coach for for the squad.
0: Yeah obviously there's a aim to kind of please someone when they, a new coach when when they come in and I think a lot of us were, were maybe trying to do that and in, in doing that we weren't really playing our brand of cricket and he he caught to that straight away. But he's he's funny. He's not um he's never like angry with you or, or anything like that. You know, it's it tells us to go out and do what you do and make make good choices. That's a new a new thing. Make good choices and everything. Um and he's just so positive with everything. I think that's probably the word that comes most from it, is it's like a breath of fresh air, really. I think the team are, are very good at As is probably most sports team and athletes they're they're very good at picking out the negatives and everything and oh we didn't do this well oh we won, but we didn't do this well and we need to improve on that and we need to but actually you know he starts off every team kind of debrief with right so what did we do well and at first we were all like what what you what Um, and then like obviously we we got we get used to that and it, it starts to become just a bit more kind of lighthearted and you want to do well for him you you want to you want to do well for him and the rest of the team and everyone's kind of battling with each other as well and trying to to kind of impress him please but no he has been good he keeps telling us it'll take us for ice cream so i'm i'm waiting for that <laughs>
2: um look that's so exciting and that's uh i i you know that'll be making jake and i very excited to to watch the games against ireland um and we'll be backing you anyway so i know you've been playing quite a few games against the different counties at the moment for the scotland a squad and i i guess i'm also some inter games uh on sundays as well with the rest of the squad but how else have you your preparations been going and, and what has been the focus,
3: uh, Sam? Yeah, good. Um, because Mark's come on as a full-time coach, like, go for a hit uh, before work on Wednesday and he'll be there. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot more of that and, you know, some some fitness and fielding on, on a Tuesday night just because that's something that we really want to, to drive forward. We want to be, like, the best fielding team in associate cricket and that's an achievable goal. Um, And, yeah, just we've been working hard with Charlotte to drive up her fitness. We had um, the dreaded fitness profiling the other night. It's called profiling now, not testing. Totally different. Um, But, um, yeah, no, it's been good. And it's just good having that flexibility to just kind of fit in sessions when we can. And it's been going really well, actually. And the inter-squad games have been great. We've all been kind of pushing each other on. And, you know, it's been a good chance to execute the skills that we've been doing time and time again indoors at Mary and over the winter. But yeah, it's been really good, yeah.
1: And Sam, as, uh, as Rosie was saying, the A-side's been playing the ECB's T20 competition uh, down in England. Uh, difficult first week, but back-to-back wins since then. Um, but most of all, it's been an opportunity to give some of the younger members of the group some, some game time. Looking to the future, who's been standing out for you?
3: There are a few, specifically... Catherine Fraser, I really noticed the change in her, it's like a switch that slips over the winter um, she's grown a bit and yeah I think she's potentially going to have a very exciting future in cricket you know, um obviously like Megan, Karras, all the girls coming up, they're all doing so well and it keeps on bulging on our toes you know, can't, can't rest on your ex- like and you have to keep, keep pushing on um, and it's good, uh, that's obviously then driving up the standard overall so yeah,
2: good. Lorna, whilst those games have been going on, you've had other things to focus on at the moment. We talk a lot on the podcast about the balance you all have to strike between cricket and work. And for those who might not know, tell us a little bit more about your life away from cricket. And what what does your work look like day to day? How does a typical day or week look like for you?
0: <laughs> well... This week's been a bit different to, to other weeks. This week I've uh, been on a course. It's called Public Order, but it's basically riot and police and stuff like that. Um, I am a police officer, by the way. So yeah, it's, it's kinda the, the riots that you, you kinda seen in Glasgow at the weekend, you know, the officers that go out and, and deal with that and have the helmets and the shields. I'm not I'm actually quite used to all the padding and stuff that we've we've had to wear. Um, but the shield, it's a nightmare to carry. It's not like a bat, that's for sure. But yeah, so basically this week um, I've had bricks thrown at me, baseball bats hit. I've been hit by baseball bats. People kidding on, they're going to shoot me and stuff like that, yeah. So, and I think tomorrow is a, a bit of petrol bombing. So, so I've got to just run, run through fire apparently. So that's my, my Friday morning. So that'll, that'll be fun. Um, whilst the team are jetting off, I'll be doing that, but that's obviously a, a week where actually it's going to do a lot of fun stuff my role at the moment involves a lot of warrants and drugs and and stuff like that so it's quite it's quite interesting at the moment in work but um yeah this this week's definitely not being behind a desk and put myself out there
2: i'm guessing it's been good training for the ireland series coming up then lorna <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely not
0: had to do any fitness, that's that's for sure. And I don't think I, I could have lifted any weights or ran. One of the boys actually he's he's doing the marathon, the Edinburgh marathon next weekend and I'm doing the half. Um and he went out, he was like, oh, I'm gonna go a ten mile run after this and I was like, You what? And I thought, I'll go I'll maybe go a five K I finished that day and was like, No, I'm gonna sit on my couch, maybe eat a pizza <laughs> <laughs> So that's exactly
1: what I did. And I mean, talking about your life back in cricket again, it's really fitting that we have the two of you on together as your careers have moved so much in parallel. Uh, You could say your debuts together, 100 caps won together, and you've been at the heart of the evolution of Scottish women's cricket over the course of that time. What's been the biggest or most significant of those changes that you've seen, would you say?
3: Um, I think it's just the willingness of everyone to kind of drive their game further and, and add another dimension. So if, if it's the bowlers, they're having like multiple different variation bowls and like being really clear in their plans. Batters are kind of looking to play at 360 degrees around the ground. and um, we're really working hard on that um, and increasing, you know, our accuracy and and taken taken and things like that. And I think it's just that sort of... Um, Raising our game has been a huge change. Maybe in the past it was a bit um, one-dimensional and quite basic, but as the game of cricket has evolved, we've kind of had to keep up with that and I think it's really important if we want to get to a World Cup that we just keep kind of playing with that sort of fearlessness, I suppose. We're not a finished article yet, but we're definitely getting there. It's, it's all looking really positive, I would say. It's an exciting time for the team. Sam and I
0: both used to get the in the, the clothing that Basically, think didn't go to the men, and I used to go out in extra large tops and stuff, which, for a five-foot person, I just looked like I was wearing a parachute most of the time. But other than that, you know, we've progressed so much in terms of what Cricket Scotland are, are offering us, and we're taken quite happily with open arms. And it's funny now, because I hear, you know, people complain, oh, yeah, getting three sets of shorts. I'm like, oh, well, you're lucky. So, but... Other than that, I would say you know Scotland are now producing players that, although they're playing elsewhere on kind of international levels, they're they're producing good enough players to go and compete with the the best of the best. You know you've obviously got Lee over in New Zealand, you've got Kirsty in England, and then the two Bryce's, are, I mean they kind of speak for themselves, don't they? I mean these girls have all worked really hard individually as well, and got themselves to where they, they are, but playing for Scotland's obviously helped them get there as well. And there's a lot of, just what Sam was saying earlier, there's a lot of young talent coming through, and it's quite nice to... We used to have it where we, we were the young ones, and then, you know, a lot of people dropped off. There's not a lot of people playing from our under-17s now in the women's squad. Some people have, have tailed off, some people have got families now, and they're living their lives, but we're, we're now keeping more girls playing and that's obviously half the battle but not only that we're, we're producing players that are coming into the women's squad and they don't look out of place which I think is really really important because I think there was a time where you know it was oh you're a girl and you, uh, you play under 17 so you automatically just come into the, the women's team but now actually these girls are coming in and yeah keeping the likes of me and Sam on their toes we're like oh no really <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do a right. <laughs> and uh, I guess the one final question kind of I guess it probably relates to that a little bit more but we mentioned Abby earlier and you both you know have more than 100 caps to your name as well so what is it that keeps you both motivated and, and makes you want to put in the hours of work it's not always
0: been easy I, I would say that and I think a lot of cricketers and a lot of sports people kind of go th- through that, that battle of what well, what's more important, like, I, I've got a career now, um, and I've got a family, I've got a dog, I've got a child, um, so a few on stage, well, she's over there, so I need to say that, and I think they've helped a lot, because there was a point where I was going to retire um, from cricket, and then we got a wee break, and I, I went to play in La Manga, and I decided, nah, do you know what, like, I've still got it, I've still got that fire in my belly, so we'll, we'll keep going, and Sue Strachan was obviously a, a big player in that. Bryson was a big player in that as my roommate, and it motivated me to keep going. And then when I see all these young ones coming through, and I'm like, I can still beat you in a sprint, so I'm going to keep going. So and until you until you can beat me, you know, I'll I'll keep going. Um, so I so that's really what motivates me. It's always it's always nice to see you play for Scotland. at something, isn't it? But I don't take that for granted. Um, it's not going to be forever. Uh, it's a you know a big well it's a large part in our lives but when you hear that you know our youngest player was about two when we we got into the women's team you're like oh well I'm only 28 but I feel old now <laughs> um, so yeah a lot of things just motivate me to keep on going I've got Isla she's five um, and she she comes down to the field with me and, and does my sprints and actually does them obviously at her own pace but She's like, "Come on, Lorna, you're not doing it." And I'm like, "Oh God, right, okay, no worries." So even and even seeing seeing them on the sidelines as well, we've also had home kind of matches when we last got to play, um, and and seeing them and people that I know on the sideline, that's so old players on the sideline as well. You think, "All right, okay, no, I've still I've still got it in me,
3: maybe for another
2: couple of years." And and what about yourself, Sam? Yeah,
3: absolutely much the same. Um, I, I was actually just thinking on the weekend there, like when I run onto the field and have like the Thistle on, the excitement I get and like how pumped I am is no different to the first cap or the 50th cap or whatever. Like it's still the same. Um, and until that goes, then I'll keep at it. But it doesn't look like it's going to go any time soon, which is really nice. Um, obviously the setup up and, and the commitment from Cricket Scotland is, is so much better than what it's been before and and their kind of faith in us and the setup that we have now it's, it's really enjoyable you know to come to the training and be a part of the squad and sometimes when you're, you're training and you're in the bubble of the, the squad you kind of forget about the outside but um david from the cricket scotland office he quite often brings his little girl along to training to watch and she's you know completely captured by it and that kind of, it humbles you and makes you think, wow, like you've actually got such a good position here to inspire the future generation. I mean, I myself, I was uh, in awe of Catherine White when I was about, I think I must have been about eight at a Scotland game, and she was running a session at the side, um, of The were playing the what we're called at the moment, uh, at the time. And I'm thinking, wow, that's so cool, a woman plays cricket! So... Sometimes you kind of you're in your squad and you have your group, you know your that group, and you see them at training, but you don't think about the bigger picture. So, yeah, that kind of drives me on. It's not just about kind of you know trying to get as many wickets as possible and win games. It's also about you know the deeper side of things, which is quite nice.
1: Lola Jack and Samantha Hago. That 624 day stat got extended by one thanks to the Belfast rain on Sunday but the first match was finally played yesterday and we'll reflect on that in a moment or two.
2: And there is plenty more cricket to talk about from the weekend as well and to help us do that we're joined by Gary Heatley. Welcome back to the podcast Gary.
4: Thanks for having me guys it's great to have cricket back.
2: Before we get on to the League and the Cup action, uh, we must have a word or two about the internationals just gone. Um, we'll be talking a lot more about the Scotland-Netherlands games on next week's show, but Gary, what were your impressions on the games in Rotterdam?
4: Yeah, I think in the first game, the team will have been disappointed with the, the failed run chase, having restricted the Netherlands to I think it was 163 for eight. Um, you know, Gavin Main came in, obviously, for his only his second game there and took two for 16, which was... Very impressive, but yeah, I think the team would have would have hoped they would have been able to to get, get over the line with with that target in mind. But I think what the, the pleasing thing was that you know they had a game straight away the next day, and in that second game, the bowler stepped up to the mark again. You know, Ali Evans obviously led the way with a five for, and Adrian Neal came in for a game which was his only second one-day international. Looks like he had something completely different to the attack, and you know he's a really dangerous bowler. So yeah, they again kept the Netherlands to quite a a low score but i think then they were 66 or four chasing 172 which could have could have got a bit nervy given what happened the day before but george munsey and dylan dylan budge showed their respective qualities i guess and both showed quite a maturity in that in that run chase to, to equals here at one all and i think it you know given they hadn't played for so long gives gives head coach Schaeberger and the guys like you know a really good place to build from
1: yeah it's a really good summary i, I think it was uh Bertus De Jong who was tweeting during the game that this was the last sort of pitch you'd want to face after a, a 500 and something day layoff. Uh, tricky conditions that meant with ball in hand you were always in the game but a, a really valuable test for the batsman.
4: Yeah definitely and I think you know whatever pitch you're going to be playing on after as you say 500 and something days away is going to be difficult for any batsman. I mean you can net and train as much as you want but you know every batsman needs that time in the middle just that in that game environment and you know, the guys clearly were slightly rusty in that first that first game just you know, kinda of got stuck there in the middle overs at one point and again to turn around so quickly for that second day and I say the way George and Dylan batted showed that you know we've got a very a very strong top top six, top seven now. So uh, yeah, I think the guys will benefit a lot from those two matches and uh, yeah, I say they just need a much more time time in the middle once they're once they're all back able to play again.
1: Yeah, I mean as you say there were a number of standout performances. The bowlers all did well. Um, Yeah, for me, Gavin Main stood out as well. Ali Evans, superb in that second game. And there were some landmarks as well. Mark Watts, 100th international wicket. And then amongst the batsmen, there was Richie Barrington and, of course, George Munsey, if you've mentioned that match-winning knock in game two. But of everyone, I was really pleased for Dylan Budge, though. Uh, Pretty torrid time in the first game, but he came back in the best possible way.
4: Yeah, I mean, as we've sort of said there in that first game, he was kind of in, in at the time where that kind of sticky middle period, he kind of struggled himself to get to get the ball away, and uh, yeah, it was kind of scratching a bit, a bit it looked like that. You know, whether the bowling was just you know, very good at that stage, or he was just a bit a bit rusty, but you know, there's, since he came up to Scotland, I think 2018, just before the kind of around the time when he played England, you know, it's clear that he's a quality performer and he's can step up to the mark in big games, and uh, he obviously showed that in the. In the second game, batting alongside and he's he seems to be somebody that you know can really nail down that five six spot in the team, and he's obviously started bowling again now as well. So he gives a he's a he's a good all round player to have in the squad.
2: Now let's move on to the Ireland game, which was played yesterday uh, after being moved from Sunday to Monday. What a fantastic win for Scotland, and and obviously with the team bowling out Ireland in the final over, restricting them to. 76 runs um, and, and obviously Scotland had set the target of 87 not massively high but um, we managed to do it with, with some fantastic fielding. Jake what are your thoughts on the game yesterday?
1: Oh Rosie if ever there was a game to prove the old saying that you shouldn't judge a score until both teams have batted that was it wasn't it. So so happy after that <laughs> performance. Um, Sam Hago told us uh, earlier how Mark has challenged the side to become the best fielding side in associate cricket, and that was really evident. Um, the intensity in the grand fielding, the commitment was terrific, and kept Ireland under pressure all the time. I mean, we, we expect Catherine and Sarah to do Catherine and Sarah things, uh, but we should just take a moment to appreciate them again. Four stumpings for Sarah, equaling the world record for the second time, second game in succession, two wickets and a blinder over a catch for Catherine, and then add in... Katie McGill, Catherine Fraser, oh yeah stunning stunning performance Um, and plenty of time to go as you say the reserve day is being used uh, today that's Tuesday and so there's every chance to play a full series and really make a statement of where Scotland's going.
2: Yeah just so exciting to watch and I think it was really uh, broadcast really well uh, on YouTube and and really easy for everyone to follow as well Uh, so just really exciting and I'm so glad to be watching the women get back to international cricket. You know, much like the the guys as well. It's just great to see more internationals getting played. And, and so on to the action from the weekend. Uh, the first round of the WDCU matches, unfortunately, fell victim to the Level 3 restrictions in Glasgow, which affected the start of the Women's Premier League and Scottish Cup as well. But the Eastern Premier League got underway with a good win for the holders. Gary?
4: Yes, yeah, so four for sure. Obviously, won the Eastern Premier Division 2019. Seems like a long time ago now. And, uh, yeah, on Saturday, they bowled their old rivals. are both for 107. Graham Black took five wickets and then they knocked off the runs with seven wickets in hand. Uh, skipper Scott Cameron and Rory Johnson, who's back fully fit now, batting, batting well, so they'll have been you know, very pleased with how they, they got, got things underway.
1: And looking elsewhere in the league, absolutely mighty performance from Andrew Chalmers for Watsonians.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's been around the club for a, a long while now and he's uh, now taken on the role there as director of cricket, so he's a, been a busy man, but he's been doing a lot around the club and yeah in the first league game, he had 100, 104 I think it's his first ever century for the first 11 uh, against Stuart's Melville and that set them up for a, a big total and 183 run win at relief with the ball for what's his new boy Gareth Wetherill took a hat-trick so it was a yeah a very good day of the office for Pete Maksimchik's team.
1: And maybe the biggest feat of the day came at Grange Loan uh, where young Jack Jarvis 17 years old had a day to remember.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think as uh, people have known for a while, he's a big prospect coming through, having come through at Livingston, then moved on to Grange. He's played some 2nd eleven cricket down at Derbyshire recently. I think his day actually started very well when he scored 132 in the morning for Loretto School against Stuart's Melville College. And then he moved on to Grange early in the afternoon, scored 32, and took five wickets for Grange in a 50-run win over Carlton. So, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get much better for, for teenagers. It'll be really interesting to see if he pushes on in the next few weeks.
1: Grange looked good uh, yesterday for sure. And elsewhere, a big win for Stonywood Dice and a real nail-biter at Goldenacre.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think Stonywood Dice put down a bit of a, bit of a marker in their home game, People's Park. I mean, they bowled out top-flight new boys, Meagle, for just 67. One of their new players, Leighton Collins and John Grant, both took four wickets, which eventually set up a seven-wicket win. And it's a great way to start Jamie King's tenure as captain, and I he's very excited about about what can happen with the club this year. And yeah, down at Golden Acre, RHC bowled Harris in for 133. Ali Sadler taking three wickets on his birthday. And then they edged home in a run chase, two wickets in hands in the last over, I think three balls to go with captain Caleb Whiteford and uh, Sadler at the wicket. So uh, yeah, a great away win for, for RHC. Um, and now we can hear from, from Captain Whiteford about the team's performance in general. And the influence that the new boy James Dickinson, the former Grange man, had on the game. Ah, I mean,
1: absolutely incredible. Uh, after, like, you know, losing every single game we played last year, to get off to a win, uh, winning start, it's just, it just means so much to the guys. It was, uh, yeah, and you know, to do it in that fashion, to sort of get over the line in what was a pretty gritty, tight game, um, you know, says a lot about like the character of the boys. I think it was. Yeah, it was incredible from everyone um, and every single person stood up you know made you know made the difference when it counted um, you know our six and seven Christian uh, Newman Nick Murray uh, like they got us within sort of touching distance and to be honest the bowlers set it up we managed to get over the line in you know pretty tough chase in the end
4: and um, obviously you've you've been able to add James Dickinson I mean that's a big a big addition for the team I'd imagine going forward this year Ah. Uh, having him completely sort of transforms us
1: his batting and bowling means that we can really push on as a side because he adds a hell of a lot on both sides of the ball and will be absolutely massive for us going through the season definitely needed a bit of his experience yesterday um, helped me out loads in the field and just being able to bounce ideas off him and you know use his his knowledge and the skills that he's picked up was, was, was massive for me so yeah. And then, to be honest, like, led the chase as well. So you can't really ask for much
2: more on a debut from someone like that. Caleb Whiteford there. And then to Sunday, the Women's Premier League got underway with two games in Edinburgh. Jake, you were at Meyers side for Watsonian's Grange against Carlton, A pretty one-sided contest in the end.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, first of all, great to see a new side debut with Grange joining with Watsonian's, which are the first steps in a, a long-term plan for both clubs, really, um, from what's only point of view, getting two sides with a connection to the school and Grange just kind of restarting their their women's cricket, which was, which was really, really great to see. Unfortunately for them, they came up against a very powerful Carlton side who very quickly took the game away from them. Um, I mean, Annette Aitken-Drummond played beautifully to start with. Um, second ball of the match, she went up on her toes to punch... Threw backward square for four, the first of her 10 fours in her 65. Put on 117 with Sarah Beath, and then a little later, Karis Scott, 97, not out in another partnership of 117 with uh, Maisie Maceira. Thir- uh, 330 for four at the end, just a mammoth uh, total. And then Watsonians Grange were never really allowed to to get a foothold. Uh, we'll bowled out for 22 in the end, with Karis taking four for 12. But there were positive signs, um, I thought, for the for the new side. Catherine Edwards and Sarah Lowe. Uh, Sarah took a great court and bold to get rid of uh, of Annette. Two lovely falls and, uh, when she was batting as well, a sweep and a, and a pull. But in the end, yeah, a tough day. But after the game, I asked Caris and Annette for their thoughts.
5: Yeah, it's good just to get back out there and play club cricket again. It's been a while. Just good to get back and just see everyone. It's a good team performance with everyone contributing in different aspects of the game.
1: Some tricky conditions out there. How How is it from your perspective?
5: Yeah, it was hard to get going, but it's just like patience because if the ball's so slow, you just have to be timing it very well and just play your game and just to your strengths.
1: And nice to come into a wee bit of form.
5: Oh, yeah, I've been struggling a wee bit to start with, but it's glad to get going again and just starting the season well. I think uh, we started off really well with the bat, um, getting some runs on the board pretty early doors. It was great to see Sarah... Um, getting some runs and uh, yeah lots of other people in the runs as well i think Maisie got some runs and then obviously Caris came in and and bashed it quite a bit which was great to see so that was pleasing but for me actually most pleasing was our fielding it's something that we worked really hard on all winter as our fielding and our bowling and today it was just looking really good and we never dropped a one catch I had a bit of a dodgy stumping moment. Um, So apart from that, I think everyone did really well and it was really, really good.
1: Talking of your own batting as well, you looked like you were timing it beautifully, seeing it like the proverbial football.
5: Yeah, sometimes it just... It was quite windy today, actually, so it was a little bit tough kind of trying to figure out the flight of the ball sometimes, but... uh, no, it was good, it was good. It was uh, I actually middled the one that I got out on, so that was quite frustrating. Um it was probably the best one I've hit all day, but um it was quite good fun out there today and I enjoyed it. So a bit frustrated that I couldn't go on and get some more, but sometimes that's just the way it goes.
1: And fascinating match next week with uh, Stumel first home game of the season as well.
5: Yeah, we're really excited for that one. It's it's a big match for us and one that we've kind of pinpointed out as one that we'd we'd hopefully really like to go out there and give us our best shot so we've got hopefully a couple of players coming back in a couple of scotland players potentially and we'll be looking to just build on today and build on on all of our training throughout the winter as well and and hopefully you know do the best that we can do
2: as Annette said a really fascinating match up next week with stu Mel. i went through to watch george watson's uh, play rhc on sunday again it was really great to see you know, two sides getting out there to play the first women's Premier League matches. RHC managed to score 118 uh, with the bat in the first innings and, and managed to restrict George Watsons to a total of off, uh, 57 in the second innings. And although George Watsons didn't scoop the win, you know, they still had some standout performances um, within that squad, particularly uh, Cara Scott. Uh, from George Watson's College who managed to take four wickets um, and she scored 22 runs. Um, definitely one to keep a wee eye out on, I think, for the future because uh, she was she was definitely storming ahead in that game. And, and then for, for RHC, you had Megan Taylor who managed to score 24. Uh, Kitty, who had to retire, uh, hurt, unfortunately, but I think if she managed to stay in, uh, she she would have been dangerous. I think her strike rate was at was at about a hundred when she when she uh, had to retire. So, yeah, that was obviously really unfortunate for her. Um, and, and Phoebe Beale with the bowling as well, just fantastic. So, I guess a few names we already know that are strong in that side. But but an all round kind of performance from batting and bowling uh, from RHC. But. You know it was just great to to go along to the game and and the weather managed to stay on our side as well but um you know i think everyone was just happy to get going and and actually the first time that we've had umpires in the women's premier league so it was great to to see them um and and you know we had the i think robin pollock was it was doing the george watson's one so it was great to see him out and and, and doing those so fantastic all round.
1: Well, it'll be fascinating to see the impact of the returning Scotland players on both the men's and women's sides. We have just mentioned Carlton, who have some internationals come back, but on the men's side, there's Heriot's who missed Mark Watt, Matt Cross, Adrian Neal and Gavin Main over the weekend. But even without them, they had a good win in the Cup on Sunday, Gary.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we mentioned there that Heriot's lost in the league on Saturday to RHC and uh, yeah, they've been pretty frustrated with, with that one and obviously still missing Few players to go into the the cup on Sunday, but they're they're defending their title from 20, 2019 so they're not going to give that up easily. And they they posted two hundred and twelve all out against Lee and then bowled all the visitors out for for just sixty, which was a, a great effort. Um, and the good thing to see from from the heritage in that game, I guess, was that you know some new names were and younger players really stood up to the mark. Chris H. impressed with the bat; I think he scored forty eight, and Seamus Brett with the ball took four wickets. So good to see you guys stepping up when others were away. In terms of other Cup games that went ahead, obviously the Cup was affected slightly on Sunday with um, the level three restrictions, etc. But our both bounced back again from their league loss on Saturday to see off Stewart's Melville by 170 runs. Bryce Carnegie led the way there with 92 not out. And, um, yeah, elsewhere, WDCU first division side John Pellier were on top from the first ball to see off Ed Ackeys while Grange, Forfarshire, Ayer and Stonywood Dice all progressed to round two. So it's uh, could to shape up to be another exciting cup
2: a really fascinating weekend of cricket all round. then and hopefully we can get the west up and running as soon as as soon as possible so thanks gary for joining us today yeah no thanks so much for having me guys
1: and that's it from us all for another week <laughs> thanks again to sam and lorna we'll be back next tuesday with a new guest and plenty more league chat but until then thanks very much for listening from rosie gary and me goodbye